Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. I had a stump there. I was I was actually reading articles about all the cuts in NXT a second ago. I was kind of getting thrown up. I almost oh. said an NXT podcast, but there is no oh, NXT yeah. anymore. They all got cut. No. <laughs> Justin called in, so we are going that route today. Um, how you doing, buddy? You good? Yeah, living the dream. Good. Thanks for calling in, man. Except for, uh, except for reading about, you know, all the dumbassery over at WWE. Well, that's a... Uh, how do you put it? They have changed the business model, and that is what the their version of Khan was brought in to do. And I'm sure that Hunter's not happy about it. I'm, I'm sure that... Uh, uh, the, you know, none of us like to see people lose jobs and all of that. However, at least in this day and age, there are other companies to work in. Um, most of these guys that you read about and people are mad about it bothers me is that like a Bronson Reed, people are mad about, well, I think Bronson will get a job. It's a lot of these younger guys that, that had a, an opportunity to work their way into something that seems to be going away. And I, I don't know like what happens to a developmental system. Like, I don't know if Khan has looked at that and said, you know, we're training all these wrestlers and half of them wind up or a third of them wind up in our company. And then two thirds of them wind up working elsewhere. So why are we training all I these people? Thirds of them wind up working elsewhere though. Huh? I wonder why two thirds of them wind up working elsewhere though. What could possibly result in that? I have no idea. I'm stunned. This <laughs> All right. This is a raw podcast. Let's get into that. Um, Lashley and MVP walk out. Opening segment is what we thought it would be. It is Goldberg b- being announced to fight. Well, they don't actually do it right then. Goldberg comes out after Lashley says a couple of things and they tell uh, I like the Goju reference there from MVP. Uh, I may have said that incorrectly, but you know that that you may be a gladiator. However, Lashley is larger than life, and then of course somehow Goldberg comes out and gives a rambling promo that calls them both gladiators. I don't. I guess he didn't get the memo on what Lashley was going, uh, what MVP was going to say. I'm, um, I'm stunned, Kevin. It's almost like Goldberg came out there and delivered a promo that was already obsolete by the time he started saying it. Like, he, he didn't get the revisions, and he just didn't pay attention and just went, wait, have we seen this before? Did we see this exact same thing happen last time he was here? I believe we did. Right. Uh, by the way, he'll always be Goldberg, even when he's 107 years old. Apparently. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying it's the thing. <laughs> he does give a nod to his son, and then MVP come on his on on his walk out as as Lashley hasn't given him an answer. Um, MVP re- recognizes who this is, walks down, runs his little mouth at him. I think Lashley first like stared at him for a second, and then Lashley went back to the ring to hold the belt up. Goldberg runs down, spears MVP. And this is going to turn lead to a chain of events in which Lashley gets interviewed backstage and says, I will, after all, fight him. 
Who would have thunk really? it? Really? <laughs> Who would have thunk that, Kevin? All he had to say some mean things about him and and, and spear somebody, and all of a sudden he's got to ch- you know, change his flash with mind. Right, correct, correct. That is exactly how that went down. Um, Drew McIntyre uh, has a segment next, I believe, in which... Uh, so this is funny, right? Because Corey winds up saying before this segment that, you know, Veer and Shanky are going to wrestle Drew. And Corey says, no one man can beat two men. Obviously, he doesn't watch the show because it happens Never constantly. <laughs> are you kidding me? I almost fell out my chair when he said that. I was like, are you, are you ridiculous right now? He has named Drew has named his sword after Angela. I thought that was good. Um, his after his mom. I mean, dude, what W? This whole thing is WTF, right? Then we supposedly have a match, but it's not a match because as Drew's whooping him, Gender winds up. Uh, one of them grabs Drew's leg when he's going for the finish after dominating these two giants, and then. Jinder grabs a chair, and of course, Drew grabs a sword and starts swinging it around. Uh, then, like, we all are supposed to get a laugh at uh, what's the tall one's name is uh, Veer, right? And mm-hmm. and he's terrified because he doesn't have a chair or anything, and, and Drew's got a sword, and Drew pulls it back like he's going to hurt him, and he rolls out of the ring, and then... Drew and the audience get a bit. And I, the audience seemed to eat this up. I rolled my eyes. I couldn't. I just whatever. Like really, this, he's he's will. He's go he, back. This is the same problem I had. Remember when they were doing uh, uh, Retribution? Oh, uh, and they had <laughs> Yes. You're never going to hit anybody with that. I have no. That does nothing for drama for me because I know for a fact. You're never going to hit anybody with that. Uh, you, you you don't have a way of gimmicking it. Right. So it doesn't do anything when you swing it around. Cause it's like, oh, really? You're going to stab that guy on national television? I don't think that's going to happen. I'm pretty sure. Yes. You know. And so. That's no pizza slicer right there, Kevin. And to get this out. <laughs> and to get this part of the show out of the way. Um. Gender winds up running around backstage saying he's a madman. He's got a sword. Legitimate complaints. Um, yeah. Drew winds up later on being interviewed and saying how and giggling about how bloodthirsty his crowd, the crowd was. Um, I guess at SummerSlam we're getting these two behemoths wrestling each other. The match will be good. I'm sure it always is. We pissed away about 33 minutes of. Uh, yeah of junk that I, I did not there was this was nothing for 33 minutes now don't get me wrong though I'm going to point this out to you Kevin and I just want this to sink into you mm-hmm. we talk about this whole show and, and then we talk about other stuff later the guys who made the decisions about who like cut in NXT Vince McMahon Bruce Pritchard John Laurinaitis mm-hmm. that's who made that decision from everybody saying it Who's responsible for the content of Monday Night Raw? The booking, the skits, the announcing, all these things. Who's 
if you had to fit three people, who would be the three people who are responsible for that? I'm guessing the same people that don't think NXT is um, properly grooming people for this show. Yeah, and then they get those people, and then they have them chasing people with swords and or getting beat by another dude or uh, having the uh, – just – yeah. In their defense – Smart decisions about who who needs to stay, who needs to go, and who's going to be great, who's not going to be great. <laughs> in their defense, Justin Goldberg wasn't in NXT. That that is true. That is true. The only one of these men in NXT was Drew McIntyre, and I would argue that Drew should have never good. been no. in NXT. No, there was no reason for him to be in NXT. He was an established talent. You know, yeah. they put him in NXT to get him over with the with the internet crowd before they put him back on the main roster. You know, because that was back before it was on regular TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just whatever. Okay, let's move on. Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax. To me, now the WWE NXT are really the only companies that can give you. Uh, I I I. I stumble around trying to figure out how to say this but larger women wrestling and I don't mean yeah. large women I don't mean that in a derogatory term at all I'm not even really talking about appearances I'm just talking about as athletes they are big in stature and yeah. they are and it is a type of pro wrestling that doesn't exist really outside of the WWE I mean I don't think stardom still has the, the Kong type performer although I could be wrong on that um the what what highlights or, or shows I've watched with Jared here and there recently, I did not see that style of performer there. No, you don't have it anywhere else, really. Right, you don't have that talent that big. Right, and so you have Naya and Rhea here, and I thought that this was one of Naya's better performances, especially recently. Um, Rhea was able to do things with Naya as a base, and when when when. When Rhea wrestles a Gonzalez or a Nia, she is able to do things physically that you don't think a woman her size should be able to do. Charlotte as well. She can utilize them as a base to her moves where she can conrada or springboard and all these things that just she, she couldn't do with a normal person because when she... Uh, Lands on them, they clap. Right, or when she moves her body backwards, she hits her head on the ground because they're too short for the move, right? You know, I mean, yeah. it just doesn't work. But with these, she could probably wrestle like this with Bianca, too, um, mm-hmm. because Bianca's, you know, strong. But um, I really liked the match. Um, the ending was wonk a little bit. Uh, as as Shayna winds up on the apron and Nia almost hits her and it turns into a roll-up, I would like a better ending, but I also feel like we're getting this match again and again, knowing how the company works. And so definitive endings should be coming at some point. This was what I hope is the breakup of Shayna and Nia post-match. They get after each other a little bit as if they might be breaking up. And then uh, Rhea, who could not hit her finishing Riptide move on her during the match, sneaks up from behind and puts the finishing move on on Nia, the Riptide on Nia post-match, and they said this is a message to the other women who will be main eventing this show, Charlotte and Nikki Cross. I, I, 
I like this segment in, in this respect. I think we need Nia and Shayna. I like Nia and Shayna together. I find them entertaining. They kind of missed the boat a little bit on the way they booked them lately, especially Shayna. If they break them up, put them on different shows, let them be the heels that they can be, and it makes both shows way better. Oh, Kevin, I agree with that completely. And if I thought that that's what their plan was, <laughs> I would totally be like, that's great. Let's do that. <laughs> so what do you think their plan is, Justin? I don't think they have a plan. I think they're just going week to week, and they write crap, and this will drag on for a while. They may break up Shayna and Nia. If they do, I have no I have no idea what they'll do with them after that. I don't think they have an idea. <laughs> but, in theory, if we're breaking these two up and we're having a draft coming up after SummerSlam, you have them, you could have them have a couple of matches because you're going to have a pre-SummerSlam Raw, post-SummerSlam Raw. Those can be the matches that break these two up if they wrestle against each other. You have your draft soon thereafter. You put them on different shows. You put Nia in programs with, um, you know, they've been talking about, online they've been talking about putting Naomi in the bloodline. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. What about if they go a different direction? Put Nia? Nia in the bloodline. Put both of them in there, technically. You, you absolutely could, and you could make them a tag team, and that would be the quickest way to get uh, Naomi heel heat. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, Naomi is going to be hard to take as a heel. You stick her in there with Nia where people kind of already have this, yeah. uh, you know, she's, she's a solidified heel. You know what I mean? So if you stick her in there with oh, them, yeah. you know, I just think that, Naomi can be the Naomi can flat out be the heater for anybody. It don't yeah, matter. One of the best on the roster, dude. Mm-hmm. And Nia can. I, I meant to say Nia can be a heater for anybody. As far as she can punch oh, a guy. Okay. She can punch a guy upside the head. She can punch a guy. Naomi fits in with the Usos part of this thing, where uber uber yeah. athletic, uber talented, uh, cool, regardless of whether or not she's a bad guy or a good guy. She's just cool. You know, we've never seen yeah. I don't see how she would not be. Nia, on the other hand, I can see her punching uh, Bianca in the face. I can see her punching Seth in the face. And both of them work. Oh, it right? It works like China did. Absolutely. I'm fine. Absolutely. So we got T-Bar and Mace versus Mansoor and Ali. And one thing we know for sure is that Chicago loves its former police officer, Mustafa Ali. And I felt like this was a good little, strong little start here to the match. High-flying stuff for, by our, our superheroes. And uh, Mansoor winds up getting isolated, winds up losing. Ali, at the end of the match, the story here wasn't, of course, the match. Is now we're tied one and one. Magnificent 50-50 booking by the WWE. Woo! But the story here, and I like this part of the story, is when they're about to beat up both of them. 
and Ali makes a decision to push Mansoor out of there because the young rook doesn't need to have to deal with this, and he takes he takes the pummeling by himself. It is yeah, that's the, that's the moment right there. That's the whole match. The whole match is for that moment, right? And and I thought it worked. I liked yeah. it. Um, again, though, we we have Mason T Bar. Uh, and I, look, I think Mansoor and Ali are off to a very good start at a 500 record, right? You have, yeah. you have, got they got to showcase who they can be as a tag team, and now with with Ali pushing him away from the uh, the adversity to save him for another day, you have uh, this relationship and chemistry being shown. The problem is even when T Bar and Mace win. It doesn't get to be about T Bar and Mace. Again, yeah. Right? They're just, yeah. They're the window dressing. Because the advance this other plot line. Do you remember the Ascension? Was it the Ascension? Oh, yeah. The guys who were kind of dressed up like Demolition? Yeah. And they were the greatest things since sliced bread coming out of NXT. And then they kind of got this role in. WWE and then they were gone. Yeah, this feels like that. Doesn't it just? Yeah, and it really feels like they could be more. You know, and, well, of course they could. Kevin Dominic Dajakovic is one of the best big dudes I've seen wrestle. Like upcoming big dudes I've seen wrestle in years. The guy doesn't move like the size he is. Right. Mason's coming along. He's big. He's got a good look. I can do something with this guy. Right. He, you know. I, I just it. Okay, let's move on to something else here. Fifty nine minutes in, we have a Charlotte promo, and she uh, brings up Simone Biles and says that she empathizes with her after doing a little bit of research there, and that you know she was tre- mistreated and she's having trouble coping with with what's been going on due to the fact that it's just not fair to her. Now, the internet, of course, was furious with her using Simone Biles here. Did I you? Would, I would, I would, yeah, that was not cool. You didn't like it either? No. Okay. I don't like, because Simone Biles is a victim of, uh, you know, sexual abuse. Right. You know, for, for years. You don't make that comparison, even in a joke form TV show. And I, I, I just, uh-uh. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you said I'm glad you uh you said that. Um Then okay, so I'm not blaming Charlotte cuz I don't know if Charlotte gets to write her material. You know, or somebody sent her out there with that script. Whoever wrote that? No. Well, and two though, she needs to research further. You you, you know what I mean? Like it, whoever did that needed to research further on that. And, and yeah, find unless out. Charlotte's saying that she was the victim of some sort of abuse, no. Well, that wasn't that. definitely wasn't in the promo, because no. Her point, her point was uh, the mistreatment of the of the front office and the expectations and how she'd been cheated. Oh, yeah. What was was what gave her uh, depre- the depression, you know, and that's completely different right now moving on though into this you have uh she did point out that 
she's been cashed in on three times. That like literally, she feels like this money in the bank thing is is something that's there to stop her because nobody else can do it, right? And well, well, the point there is, why the hell you got the belt all the damn time? <laughs> three people cashed in on Charlotte. That tells you somebody is always the champ. Yeah. So if that's because you're the best on a scripted wrestling show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so uh, Nikki wants, she calls Nikki gullible and says, you know, the, the, what is it? The one thing you guys love more than a champion is a, is a martyr. And, and soon thereafter, she gets smoked by Nikki from behind. And I, I thought, I, I don't understand why she didn't borrow the sword and just come beheader yes right there yes and then say two things in Portland <laughs> there can only be one <laughs> yes dude Highlander ass right there yeah okay um but that's our main event coming up and I'm guessing that what they're trying to show with Nikki is that she's willing to do anything or whatever it did feel weird having your uber uber baby face attack in that mode but whatever hey hey what would Batman have done Batman would smoke you from behind, dude. <laughs> yes. Superman punk. There you go. Tamina versus Dewdrop is next. Again, you can't get this style this style of match anywhere else. Um no. I thought Dewdrop I thought this was pretty good. Tamina's has seemed like I don't know if she's got a new workout regime or whatever. She does feel a little more fluid. Again, though, this doesn't wind up getting to be about this match. Um Piper Niven is so good at wrestling, but that's not what the story was being told here. No, Kevin. What? Really, Kevin? Mm-mm. Who's the story about, Kevin? Eve and the and the doll. Oh. Let me ask you something. If you had to rank all the people involved in this segment on talent, in the ring, and on the mic, either one, who would be the lowest person? Eve? Out of those people. Eve? Yes. Funny. I don't get it. Why do they keep trying to make this work? I, I don't... I, I can't really give you a, a good reason. But, so what happens, of course, Eve, Eve distracts a, a huge Samoan drop by Tamina... Gets the win. Alexa comes on and says, you know, the loser's Eva Marie. Giggle, giggle, giggle. <clears throat> this winds up leading to, at some point, Eva Marie going to the uh, playground. We get Alexa jumped. We get her dropping the doll on the ground and saying how ugly it is in person. And then we find out what all of this was about, Justin. All of this. All of it. All of this. All of this. Was to watch a doll stand up on its own. That's good booking, Justin. Dude, dude, you know who the luckiest man on the planet is today? Who's that? Wind Windham Rotunda. Because you can't blame him for this crap no more. <laughs> He's like, nope, uh-uh. 
Mm-mm. It ain't mine. Yeah, imagine somebody was back there going, "Hey, man, this we've been giving this guy, uh, we've been giving Wyndham these ideas, and he just keeps shooting them down. He's hard to work with." <laughs> yeah. Can't imagine why. All right, Riddle and Priest are back. Do you Sometimes they told him, like, he was sitting there and they were get, pitching him ideas and he just had to put his head in his hand and just, like... <clears throat> oh, I don't just think beat. that. <clears throat> I think there were times that they that they pitched him an idea and he said, let me think about it. And then he came up with some concept to which said, hey, why don't I not be on TV this week? <laughs> you know? Now, I'm not saying the Brody thing where he said that he was dealing with the loss of a friend and he needed to go I'm not saying that that was what that was about but I remember when he was when he was doing these funhouse segments there would be times he wasn't there there would be times where and yeah you know and you know I know Kevin Nash talks about this sometimes with when when he was made a booker in the late 90s for w, for uh WCW and he's like look man I I'm not the one who who booked it I'm just the guy who tried to make what they handed me make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Bray was in that position a lot where we've done this with your character without, like, your consent, really, and now you figure out where to go with it. Yeah, fix it for him. But then once he'd fix it, they want to course correct and bring it back towards where the direction they wanted, right? And so it, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough, and there's always too many well, cooks in the kitchen, that kind of thing. And Alexa doesn't have any... I guarantee you, Alexa has no say in this. Absolutely, absolutely. She has no. She does not have the cachet that Bray had. The cachet that got Bray, that got Bray fired. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's <laughs> enough to get you. It, it got him a little bit of power for a little while, but. Right. Right. As Real, long as Paul Heyman was there, but ain't no Paul Heyman over there. Right. Real and Priest. Uh, they have a little backstage segment. These things are fine. Um, I'm going to move on, though. Morrison and Priest wind up happening after a missed TV segment. Again, it was fine. Priest is cool. Morrison Morrison's cool. Miz is cool. But, you know, we had a good match. Not one of their better matches, but it was all too set up as Morrison winds up beating the pin on the first one. That winds up setting up Sheamus jumping priest and then we wind up having a strange impromptu which we always wind up having impromptu matches like this sometimes but usually they don't finish one match and then start another one and morrison winds up eating the pin twice here which i thought was i get it sheamus isn't going to eat the pin because he's the belt holder but i just don't know that it was necessary to have i i didn't hate any of the wrestling i mean they're all good wrestlers it just seemed like i don't i didn't get it you know so what you're telling me, Kevin, is it's not the problem with the wrestlers, but it seems to be the problem is the way the story is told, the way the match is booked, and how the talent's being used. Okay, okay, just yeah, yeah, that might like clarifying there. Okay, almost versus Riddle. This I thought was booked very well. Um, yeah, wasn't it though? Mm-hmm. This is how you book a big man. Try as he might, as great as he is, Riddle was unable to overcome the size. And Almas is going has, has got a shot at being really good. He's a little more fluid than I had hoped for. I, you know, he's he's a little better at this stage than I thought he w- would be. Yeah. 
he was also wrestling Riddle, so that probably helped. Oh, it helps a lot. It helps a lot. He gets what is um, Riddle gets offense in. Um, he does get the man, the big man uh, wavering here and there, but almost gets the win. I really enjoyed this segment. I like the way it was booked. Moving on to Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee, another fantastic matchup. A lot of really good wrestling. This time, oh, yeah. this time Keith Lee goes over. And this was, I, and again, I don't get it. Uh, this was this is again my point right here. Great match, wrong ending. It makes no sense. It doesn't help your plot. Remember, we talked all about that crap last week, and. This did that. Does this in any way help anybody? See, that's the problem with it, right? They should never have touched each other. Other than yes, the, that's my point too. Other than the fact that they're great when they wrestle each other, right? But the last time we saw these two wrestle, yeah. The last time we saw these two guys wrestle each other prior to Raw. What last week's Raw was for a championship in NXT. It mattered. Yeah, Karen Cross beat him with one arm. Yeah, but it mattered. It mattered a lot. This, you know, if, if Karen Cross had followed, even if you if you have to have them wrestle each other, if Cross wins another one and then goes into a program with Jeff because Jeff's back from COVID, gets his mojo back and moves on. This mattered. If Keith loses right here, and next week he gets a win, and the net, or he says, you know, you give him the stick, and he says, "Hey, I don't know what's going on. I'm not used to losing. I've come back from a long time off. I got to get my mojo back." He has a matchup with a guy, and he wins. And he has another matchup with a guy, and he wins. And he comes back and comes back. Again, you may not like it. It made sense. But it would make plot line sense. This was the. This made no sense. <laughs> it doesn't. You know. I know. I know. It. It didn't help anybody. It made Cross look weak by losing. It didn't really help Keith Lee either, because it doesn't make. It just it diminishes right. everybody. And why am I supposed to care on Tuesday when he's yelling at Joe? Because they don't care. He's not I, really I the champ. I totally believe that point. If they the, don't care what happens on Tuesday. If the NXT... Give less of a crap what happens on Tuesday night. Correct. If anything he does messes with it. And we saw that with all the cuts. Right? With, with, okay. When you cut Tyler Rust and Bronson Reed, you know what Tyler I mean? In brand new faction you just introduced. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get Bobby Fish. I don't like that Bobby Fish got cut, but I get it. And I appreciate the I fact do. that a lot of times when they cut guys, they give them matches on TV right before that. Because mm-hmm. what what you do is the guy's been on the shelf. You stuck him into a program. He got to prove he's still that guy. He can still do this for Impact or Ring of Honor or New Japan or AEW, right? So you kind of uh, allow him to audition. And I don't know if they thought about it that way. I kind of doubt it. But it is a weird coincidence that a lot of times right before a guy gets cut loose, he does get a performance. If nothing else, it's a payday. But yeah. um, 
I do get Bobby Fish being let go because of the age thing and the fact that you're moving away from Undisputed Era. Tyler Rust? What are we doing? Right. But, okay, let's move on. Um, I did like the Reggie segment here. We get another match. He winds up winning. He, I love these matches. You enjoyed this. I do. I'm going to be I, – there. I'm not going to sit there and knock shit that I do, you know. That is good. And I didn't think Reggie was good when he was over there just distracting from women's matches. But in this role, for what they're doing and trying to do in those moments, he's great at it. Right. Okay, now then we get – On the watch, dude. Correct. Now – it. Obviously, we went out of order here a little bit. We talked. We talked about certain programs together. We did each segment together. So let's get to the main event of the evening because that is what is the <laughs> the Reggie turns things into the Keystone Cops reference was awesome. Nobody yeah. know, knows. What, and Corey pointing out that that's a sixty year old reference is even better. Seventy year old reference. Dude, that's like that's that's a maybe a ninety year old reference. <laughs> He's going to like 20s, I think. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, so but then we have Nikki Ash versus Charlotte. And, man, this was probably the match of the week. It was as good a match as Nikki. Dude, Charlotte beat the holy hell out of her. And that is one thing that makes me believe that this is a program that Charlotte totally believes in because she was fully invested in the way this match looked. And Nikki is tough as just she is so tough, and she took all the she took all these beatings and she kept answering the bell. And every now and then she gave you just a glimmer of hope, but even then you knew we all knew the result was Charlotte standing there alone in the middle of the ring. And then all of a sudden, you know, Charlotte puts her through the announcer's table, put you know, uh, throws her onto the the mat outside of the ring. She bludgeons her inside of the ring. She hits her, just, you know, pillar to post, the whole works. And then when Charlotte misses the, dude, when she put, when Charlotte hit her with the first spear and drove her through the barricade, dude, Charlotte had a head of steam up and you knew that Charlotte knew she had to, you could see on Charlotte's face, I have to smoke her to get us both through this barricade. Because Charlotte's not Roman Reigns. I mean, she's a big, strong girl, but she ain't Roman. You know what I mean? No. She She's going to have to. She can't drink it at the last minute if she has to. Correct. And, and Roman Reigns is too. Yeah, and yeah. Their, their weight alone won't make it collapse. You know what I mean? Like, like if, if Roman just falls on that thing, just jumps and falls on it, it's going to fall over. That's not necessarily yeah. the case with those two. Like, and Charlotte's had a couple instances where <laughs> she's had trouble getting a a, a, a friend through a table. <laughs> oh, that has happened before. That has happened before. And we know <laughs> we know that she's not going to want to go through that again. But yeah, no. so she she, she gritted hey, her teeth hey. and smoked her. Go ahead. Shout out to Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle. Absolutely. Boy. Never, never give up, baby. Never, never give surrender. up. I'm just going to continue to suplex this dude into this glass and watch him slide down and hit his head thud on the ground. And we'll do it again. <laughs> oh, my boy. Boy, that was good. Dude, the uh, anytime you get to see any of, the, any of those interviews that talk about that match, 
Oh my God! Yeah. Watch them and just think about how funny funny they are because it's true. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But once you know she grits her teeth and goes through the the you know uh I'm sorry, Nikki's dead to rights. She's leaning against a table. Charlotte's going to spear through it, and then that's going to be the end of the match. At the last minute, Nikki rolls out of the way. Charlotte. Hits it, doesn't work. I mean, she hits the table full bore. She's injured. That's the chain of events that leads to Nikki winning this match. Holy cow. Uh, I thought it was the right result. I thought it was the perfectly booked as far as the way they attacked each other and the way Nikki's character was able to barely get to its feet every time. And Charlotte's character was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to continue to... There was ne- it never felt to me like Charlotte was in doubt. And a lot of times when Charlotte wrestles a Rhea or wrestles a, she will give you those moments of doubt. Where this was more yeah. about, I'm just going to pummel her. That's how it's going to go. No, no. This is how you tell that story right there. I have no problem with this match. It was a great match. It was, again, the stuff that I don't like, I'll tell you. And the stuff that I, I do like, I'm not going to hate on it just because it came with other stuff. This was well done. Right, I loved it. Yeah, and and like you said, I mean, as much as I, you know, when I'm watching, when I'm watching Cross and Lee wrestle, my eyes are telling me, I really like this. Yeah, but my mind is telling me, why are we doing this to these guys? This doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And I know we overthink wrestling sometimes, and I get when, but I mean that's, I mean, hey, that's. The fun part of it too, right? Is trying to figure out. But it, it um when you watch this and you wonder, you know, why did you spend three weeks acting like you didn't know if Lashley was gonna fight Goldberg when on the other channel you have Roman acting like he's gonna fight Cena plus you had the dirt sheets have already told us Goldberg's gonna wrestle Lashley. So when you broke him out, I mean you weren't gonna turn around and give us Goldberg Cross for the yeah. NXT title. Although I wouldn't put it past yeah. you. Um you know, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't a different route you could go to make this more interesting. Why is Drew wielding a sword at at uh grown people like this is possible? You know, it, it just Well, it, it, and Kevin, one of the, this goes back to I'm going to go back to the NXT thing cuz one of the complaints I heard read, and you know, you never know, you're reading dirt sheets and stuff, Melter, you know, stuff like that, could be BS, was that they were complaining that NXT wasn't, the NXT was supposed to be designed to give them people that would be superstars, you know, in five, like, main eventing WrestleMania in five years from when they hit the main roster, and that they weren't getting that, and they need to go back and change the priorities, there are no more midgets and old guys and stuff like that, and I'm like, Dude, they gave you how many people, and you couldn't make somebody. You could, and you, and you know why? Because you're doing stuff like this with like carrying cross and keep leave when you first get them. There's zero reason you, you're, a healthy Keith Lee can't come into your company, no matter what company it is, and in six months be booked like a monster. And wrestle Bobby Lashley for your world title, or wrestle 
um, Kenny Omega for your world title. Or There's zero reason why. He's a star. He walked no. into building a star. He was signed a star. When If you book him correct. Yes, sir. You put your eyes on that dude, you know it. Right. There's no reason why we couldn't have had Bobby Lashley versus Keith Lee if Keith had been healthy at WrestleMania for the titles or at SummerSlam this year for the titles. There's no reason. And you see, I don't get that. I don't, I'm never going to get that. Here's the other thing. And we'll probably continue this conversation on the NXT pod. You took the ball out of you. You decided that you wanted to compete with dynamite when Hunter was handing you just talent. You decided that it was no longer just developmental and you didn't let him bring up the hottest faction. You had the hottest faction in wrestling in the Undisputed Era, and you left them there because you decided you wanted to compete with something else. But you didn't put more money in to try to really compete. No. Right? You 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 tied his hands financially and then got mad when it didn't work out. When it took you how many years to beat Ted Turner? It well, took years. It took years to get of of programming. You know, it took you know the new wearing off the penny that was WCW. It took a while. You know, the the new WCW, the Ted Turner WCW. People were excited. Mm-hmm. It was something different. Well, he, and, but after the penny wore off and you had to compete and you were putting better program on a better show with better characters and better storytelling and they were going back to the same repetitive crap. Over and over and over again. Well, what's the real problem NXT has, Justin? What's the real problem NXT has? The real problem NXT has is its fan base, at its core, are people who don't love everything about Raw and SmackDown. When When AEW comes along, it grabs that internet fan base, right? Because in a way, NXT's fan base is people that were looking for an alternative to the glitz and glam of Raw and SmackDown. Now, AEW winds up giving them glitz and glam and all that, but one of the problems NXT has is that it is competing with WWE's image with the internet fan base, which is what is the... the the backing yeah. of AEW. So whatever Paul Levesque does, he has he is seen as an extension of Vince. You know what I mean? So no booking decision yeah. he makes is good. You know what I mean? And that is his main problem. It's as, as far as keeping up with AEW was. See, and it's it's no you know, I read last week that there was footage somewhere, a clip still photo of Somebody backstage and behind him were two producers watching AEW while NXT was on. Here's the thing about that. It is not a coincidence that NXT's TV shows have gotten significantly better when they moved away from AEW. It's not a coincidence. Because they're not worrying about that anymore. They're not booking trying to keep up with, oh, well, they did this and it's exciting. We got to do that and it's exciting. No, now they're just telling stories yeah. again, which was what the fan base wanted in the first freaking place. Uh-huh. And it's why their viewership doesn't change from week to week. Yeah, they went to sci-fi and they lost some viewers. It'll come back. It'll be right back where it was. 
it is a niche thing. I think it's silly because I think people, you know, the 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 thing that Vince said last week where he said, you know, AEW is a niche product and, you know, there's a ceiling as to what they can do the way they do it. I hate to tell you this, Vince, but right now, Netflix is a niche product. Uh, Everything's a niche. Pro, pro basketball is a niche. Yes, everything is a niche. Pro basketball is a niche. The Olympics are a niche. Football is a niche. Every, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. like literally, it isn't the way it used to be because it's not three, five, and ten, and it's not just cable. And I, Sundays I don't infinite, infinite choices on what I want to watch. Correct. I can my television and watch. New Japan Pro Wrestling, I can watch AEW, I can watch WWE, I can watch anime, I can watch uh, Grand Tour, I can watch, you know, reruns of my favorite shows from the 80s. Everything's a niche because, every, you know, the, the choices out there are so broad. If you can attract consistent eyes, that's a... That's the ticket. That's a big thing. That yeah. is the ticket. That's right. Okay, for my man Justin, for me KP, I assume all of these episodes will wind up doing this somewhat, uh, which could be something you enjoy. I hope it is. Uh, this has been a Go Home Heat production. Uh, copyright 2021. Justin. Go home.